Hello and welcome to the Bungalow Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan and in this episode we will be looking ahead to the men's World T20 that kicks off in Amman and the United Arab Emirates. Bangladesh will be joining in round one where they will play against Papua New Guinea, Amman and Scotland for a place in the second round where the big eight teams will join. Joining me to look ahead to the tournament is ESPN Crick Info's Bangladesh correspondent and one of my favourite writers in the world. And I, I'm not saying that easily. You genuinely are. Mohammed Issam, a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Wow, I can't believe you just said that. I hope you don't get to revisit that line in a few months. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you remain one of the most humble people I know, but your, your words inform and educate on, on Bangladesh cricket to, to a global audience, and that's no mean feat. This is exciting. We're on the cusp of a World Cup, which given the last 18 months, two years that we've had, it it feels such a treat that we're going to have an, a, a massive ICC event with all of the world's best nations in one place. And that, that is very, very surreal. So Bangladesh and T20 cricket, for me, has always had a slightly kind of uncomfortable relationship. Certainly, our uh, I guess our record in, in T20 World Cups has never been particularly amazing. From, from memory, I can't remember us winning a game in the second round under its current format. Um, even in the previous formats, I think the only win I can recall was probably West Indies in the very first edition. And so Bangladesh's reputation and performance in T20 cricket in general, and particularly, I guess, in world T20s, where for me, the rest of the world are watching, you know, not everyone follows Bangladesh cricket day in, day out, like you or I might do. So where Bangladesh's T20 reputation is effectively made has, has never been a comfortable journey. Uh, Roshan, it all comes down to uh, the culture of cricket in Bangladesh. Um, and if you look at the bigger picture, it all goes up to how each format is treated in Bangladesh. So I think, um, as you said, they have really done poorly in, in World T20s. They've won five matches. Uh, in the first tournament, they had beat West Indies. It was a huge shock. They ran South Africa close. Just look at the 2009, 10, 12 T20 World Cups. They didn't win a single match. Then you go to 2014 at home. And uh, they were well prepared. They had some matches under their belt. And they went on to lose against them. So um, I think that match or that World Cup actually summed up where Bangladesh's cricket was headed. It was very one-day centric. We don't like test cricket as well. We don't like T20 cricket as well. So we are very finicky about these uh, formats. Uh, as I said, the culture thing, I'll just, just give you a little bit of a, an explanation on that. It's basically when we have been going up playing cricket in Dhaka, or how we played cricket, it was more about uh, someone hits a six in Dhaka, a league match or in an amateur match or a friendly match, defend the next ball, you're a good batsman. If you go for a six, the next ball, every person watching that game, including the fielders and the coaches and the bystanders, they say, ah, he's going to get out now. But Cricket changed. I think cricket changed in 2008 when IPL hit, hit the TVs. And then we realized that, you know, you have to try and hit six sixes in an over. That's what Yuvraj Singh did. And that's what everyone tries to do these days. So our bowlers always lived in that comfort zone that, okay, I get hit once. I don't think I'll get hit again. You see a number of Bangladeshi bowlers getting hit for 14, 12, 15 runs right when it matters. Yeah. Because that culture thing that doesn't change. A batsman, that's well. Mahmudullah, they changed everything in Bangladesh T20 culture. But still, I don't think one batsman, not even the West Indies can guarantee a World T20 win 
banking on three banks. They need five or six. Bangladesh are probably banking on two. So my point is that, as you said, the record has been poor, but the record was put in place by a culture that never supported. And, and that is quite damaging because, like I said, I don't think the rest of the world follow Bangladesh cricket day in, day out, how, say, someone like yourself might do or I might do. And for me, international reputations are formed at these tournaments. You know, I we were both in the um, press box for the Cricket World Cup in 2019. And I remember people going, this, this Shakib Chap's all right, isn't he? He's quite good. But obviously to any Bangladesh cricket fan, it would have been a big name for 12 years. And so it, for me, it's it's the PR of Bangladesh cricket, particularly around T20, has had a knock-on effect. It's why our players don't get picked up in the IPL. It's why people don't book in large series for in T20 cricket against Bangladesh. And so, so I mean, do you think that culture has changed? Well, uh, the advent of BPL should have changed that culture. Uh, what happened is the opposite, actually. First of all, the BPL didn't pay money, the foreign players and the local players. Then when the BPL uh, started to get a bit tight with these things, you had the match-fixing corruption with Ashraf getting you know, implicated and all. And then when the BPL started to pay the players really well, 2016 onwards, there was a bit of hope that these players will also catch on and, you know, spending time in the dressing room with some of the greatest T20 hitters and bowlers, it did have some effect. You had guys like Afif Hussain um, rubbing shoulders with great cricketers and then having that guts. You had people thought that Sabir, Sabir Rahman might actually use the BPL as a, as a platform. He got knocked out by disciplinary issue 2016, I think, and as a lot of Sabir things, Nasir Hussain. So these were cricketers who could have used their inherent talent and used the BPL as a vehicle and then become T20 viable names in all these small leagues, even not even just, it doesn't have to be the IPL. That was always my point, that you don't have to go to the IPL. You can go to CPL, make yourself important enough that the Everest Premier League keeps taking Bangladeshi players. They haven't. They've just taken one, Tamim. Mm. And this year, <laughs> yeah. My point is that you know, um, yeah, T10 took Bangladeshi players, but you know, T- I don't, I don't believe in that format. Honestly, there's a lot of lot of talk about it. I don't, I don't think it's that. That is a that is a real big concern with Bangladeshi players. But I think all these other leagues, you know, if we had coaches at the right places, if we had some sort of flexibility by the cricket board, that okay, we'll have a set of players who'll just play around the world in these leagues. They'll give a cut to us, which they do, which IPL ensures that the cricket board gets a cut of the player to the, to the relevant board. Send them out. Send them to Zimbabwe. Send them to wherever possible. It's not just to learn the conditions. Roshan, all conditions in T20 is pretty much uh, every cricket board or every organizer wants some run. Yeah, they want to run fast, don't they? Yeah. yeah, so basically learning how to hit a certain bowler in a certain way so that when, it comes, when he comes back to play for Bangladesh, and if the same bowler shows up in a T20 World Cup crucial stage, they can go for it. The story about Carlos Brathwaite and uh, Ben Stokes, you know, Brathwaite targeted him for a long time. They had a tour there, I think earlier that year, there was a piece where he couldn't go for it. But then he kept him, you know, he, he understood that if Ben Stokes comes in and bowls at any time in the innings, I'm going to go for it over wide long run. Not mid wicket, not square leg. So these are tiny, very tiny things. And you know, it's interesting because I haven't learned these things uh, from Bangladeshi cricketers because I try to spend a lot of time with them talking cricket. And I like talking cricket with them because there's no point gossiping. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, the players understand that if they were exposed to a lot of T20 cricket um, through all sorts of means. Roshan, um, 
a lot of South African players, a lot of Australian players. I don't think all of them deserve to play in the IPL, honestly. But when they get the chance, obviously they use that talent. But they get that chance, someone in the board, someone puts a good name, a, a coach, a scout maybe. Bangladesh doesn't have those things. Someone has to come forward. In this case, the cricket board had to be accepted, okay? But send these guys, three or four guys, they don't have a future in test cricket. You might need them in one-day cricket sometimes, but we need them in T20. But that vision was never there. Well, let's talk about the squad then that Bangladesh are sending this time around, um, led by Mamadullah featuring... You know, your big names, Shaki, Mushfiq, and also a fair few experienced camp- campaigners, you know, Litton, Shumar, um, mixed in with uh, kind of, I guess, the sort of relative newcomers, you know, Nassimah, Merz, Yafi, Fasayans. I mean, this is the best available squad that Bangladesh have available to them. Um, well, well, let's, let, I guess, let's talk about firstly the kind of dust settling on the Tamim situation. Uh, sort of almost a month on now, I think people have, have lived with the idea that Tamim's not going to the T20 World Cup and he, you know, someone else is going to have to open. Has, has, I mean, how, how does it feel now as we head towards the World Cup? Uh, it, uh, is Bangladesh at peace with Tamim's decision? I don't think so. I don't think anyone is at peace except Tamim. I think he has <laughs> done an excellent job of, you know, I, I really admire him for this because he, I think he understood that not having played 16 T20s and in a year where there's no BPL, he wasn't prepared for T20s. And he, had an, he has a knee issue, which is actually probably the reason why he wants to settle into a one-day and a test role because I think he's a great form in test. He's a very good one-day captain and Bangladesh has the ultimate goal of trying to make it to the 2023 World Cup because you get direct qualification almost with these uh, matches. But that is a slippery slope. Uh, if you miss out on some series, you know, no one can guarantee Bangladesh's place in the World Cup and that might be a huge It's problem. true. I, I'm, still, I'm still missing that cancelled island series because for me, that was a guaranteed factor too. I mean, never, nothing's guaranteed in cricket, but you know, you're obviously spot no, on. No, but that, that, is, that is going to happen. That is going to happen because even Ireland needs those points. So there's, <laughs> there's a... There's, yeah, yeah, see. So coming back to Tamim's situation, I think he's okay with it, which is probably best for everyone, first of all. But I don't think the public really buys into... Tommu, Litton and Naim yet. And I think there's a lingering doubt within the team camp as well that they haven't actually, you know, they did well against Zimbabwe and that's a different issue. I think that's a, that's an asterisk over there. But when it comes to these last two series, these guys didn't really show that they can step up to Tamim's stability. Naim gave some glimpse. I think the frustrating thing about Shomu and Litton is that they're so experienced now. I mean, they should have stepped into Tamim's like a couple of years ago, but even now they're being you know handheld to do stuff. So I think I think there's there's a, still a bit of nervousness around that that those positions. Well, I guess I guess the question then becomes who does open because Naim for a lot of people, okay, he didn't you know have a massive massive score, but he certainly looked the most kind of promising during the Australian the New Zealand series. But then you factor in someone like Shumor didn't necessarily perform well, but also we know he can perform on those quicker tracks. You know, he's a very exceptional batsman on his day. And then I guess the question will look at someone like Litton. And I imagine what we'll ponder will be, does he also keep wicket? And does that mean we free up a space further down the order? And so it feels like there's more than one factor at play in terms of picking who our opening batsmen are going to be. I mean, do, do, do you have any kind of inclination of which way the team management will be leaning? Yeah, I think uh, they'll start off with Naim and Litton. And that's because they also prefer a left and right hand combination at the top. Oh, they love it in Bangladesh. Don't they? Yeah, it's, a, it's an old favorite. We'll do a separate podcast on that. Song. I'll give you one hour for 
no but i think shomu shomu won't get a first team place uh, at the start i think uh, shakib mushfiq riyad will make up the middle order you have afif nurul hasan shohan is the first choice wicket keeper brilliant wicket keeper isn't he he's such a good keeper but i felt like he might be possibly didn't do enough with the bat to necessarily justify his place in the team especially if litton is there as a as an option no i don't think i don't think i think he has done enough um, that one partnership with afif in australia mm. i think with these matches they they always knew i think mamudullah and domingo always knew that um, uh, they would only get one good innings from each batsman i think they knew that so that innings that he played against australia with afif under pressure 6 for 67 i think that sealed his place like going to play for a while till probably the next t20 world but i think is is got that down yeah. but um you have this situation where the team management might might even come back to that point that shomu at number 3 which i think i don't think is a good idea i mean he should be i think there should be a fight between the three whoever does well will get the chance and i think it will come down to that in the training sessions and the practice matches if one of them scores a 50 i think he is what it, it's good to hear that because i know there are some quarters of of you know the cricket journalists where he believe that maybe naeem is not ready and it would be very easy for you know one or two low scores or something to 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 make the the team go with the kind of tried and tested so you know i, I that, that for me is fills with me with optimism because i i actually genuinely love watching naeem play i think he's quite an exciting player and it's quite nice having him uh, with a bit of firepower at the top of the innings um further down the the the, the i guess the, the the sort of order um with the bowlers I mean obviously playing these home series against Australia and New Zealand meant we were playing on slightly low turning spinning pitches for someone like Nasser Mohammed who performed exceptionally well but now going to an ICC event where obviously they're going to be probably significantly more sporting batting friendly pitches I mean is it a guaranteed place in the 11 or could there be I guess casualties and uh, with with some more of our pacers coming back in because you know it's people like Tuscan didn't really play during that during the the home series but surely will feature in the UAE and Oman. So apparently the pitches aren't great in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. They've been battered by the IPL, aren't they? So yeah, they can be quite used, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest with each other. There's just three grounds there, right? So obviously there's going to be overuse and there's just five day turnaround from the end of the IPL to the World Cup starting. I think sorry, seven days turnaround, which is It's not enough is it? It's nowhere near enough. Yeah, yeah. Even if they water it properly, it'll take them weeks to they'll just go for the shortcut version of fixing these pitches they're just going to you know they they're going to glue it basically <laughs> there, there are techniques where they can glue the pitch yeah so that's what they're going to try and do so um in that case um from what i've gathered um bowlers will have a bit of not going to be a runaway i mean unless someone has a really good day uh, usually you know on an average if you if you think about on an ordinary day it's it's not going to be that easy for batsmen those pitches so i think in that case uh, obviously mustafiz and shoriful are the main fast bowlers and saifuddin has made his case um, people don't really trust him i don't know why but he he's a different character he wants to win. wants to play he begs he begs people to play he's crazy i mean i haven't i've heard about i i think saifuddin's i feel like he's been quite intelligent i feel like he's cottoned on to the potential opportunities that are there and he's really sort of grabbed them hasn't he how about tuskin tuskin surely must must tuskin uh, uh, he's a great option but i i just think that saifuddin is slightly ahead of him with the batting but tuskin is working on his batting as well yeah spot on is yeah. an option isn't it and the other thing is tuskin is really working on his fielding as well so saifuddin and tuskin are equal on that so um 
So Saifuddin is going to be an interesting one. I think he already has declared that he wants to go like Quinn Bravo. He's looking at him. And, you know, I'm just going out on a limb and saying that this guy, uh, if he was fit, he would have been a great test all-rounder. He had that back problem sorted. I don't know what the plan is with him. But end of the day, I think you have these players like Shakib and Saifuddin and Mahedi. Uh, if they come good in just one part of their skill set, that will help Bangladesh a lot in these pitches. I think you're going to see a lot of chopping and changing throughout the, with all the teams. But Bangladesh has a few choices. Who are the players that you are hoping perform well at this World Cup? Yeah, obviously, Mahmoudullah is one of them. I think Mahmoudullah Riyadh's captaincy and his leadership and his batting will be very important. But I'd like to see the guys like uh, Afif Hussain, Mahedi Hassan and Kurul uh, Hassan. Mainly because, you know, these cricketers, I feel they are they have the makings of a T20 all-rounder. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the finishers or finishers role, but they're also quite skilled at other things. So... I think it's time that people see around the world that Bangladesh has a second batch coming up after uh, Shakib and all these yeah, senior guys. And that these players, they should also that we're not no pushovers and we're not going to let the powers that be in Bangladesh cricket just replace us with under-19 cricketers right now. It is the next generation of Bangladesh cricket coming through. And I think for a long time, because of, I guess, the reliance, understandable reliance on those big five players, Maybe people thought there wasn't that generation coming through, but actually, you know, the BCB have been active with the age group teams and the under-19s have performed well. Um, you know, so so it's good to see finally those that batch coming through and being represented, well, w- 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 in the senior side. I'm actually pleased for this first round because I feel like, though, you know, the two practice matches against Sri Lankan Island and then these three round one matches are going to be crucial for Bangladesh figuring out their formula because I, I don't think we quite nailed it during the the two home series only because I guess, you know, those sort of questions were raised about the pitches, the conditions, are they going to be the same in, in the UAE? But um, let's talk about the sort of preparation. I mean, obviously with those two series on paper, when we look at form guides, we're going to see 10 matches and in two L's. So in theory, Bangladesh come into the tournament with some of the best form in, in T20 cricket. I mean, is that an accurate reflection of, of where the team actually is? As a team, you're talking about colours, collective confidence and a mood in the team, it's really good. Um, it's really good because you see Bushfi going out and training on his own in the, in the A-team and HP matches. You see Tuskin not missing a day of training. So these are great signs. I think these are signs that I've learned from Bangladesh cricket that when things go really bad, they also curl up. They're like, you know, scared of what's going to happen. And then you can see it in the body language now that they're ready for it. I think they're ready to win two or three matches in the second round. I think first round, I'm confident about uh, their progress. I think Scotland, PNG and, and, and one are tough. I'm sure they're going to have their, their moments, but Bangladesh are a class apart right now because of that confidence over these teams. Now, when they get to the second round, I don't know which group they're going to be, but if it's as predicted, if it's the group with India and Pakistan and New Zealand. Well, that, that would be the group if Bangladesh qualified top of the group. And I was actually going to ask you, I mean, do Bangladesh look at the two groups and have a preference of where they would they rather play groups who where it's dominated with Asian teams or would they prefer? No, they will not want to play West Indies and England. That is, <laughs> so, okay, so we're, we're, we're trying to win the group. That's good. That's a good thing. No, look, I, that's my opinion. But my point is um, India, Pakistan, New Zealand, uh, these are familiar opponents for Bangladesh. I think especially New Zealand, I know it's a different team, but that vibe that we have not 
really given up on New Zealand. They've, we've always tried to beat them. Then Pakistan, good team again, very good team, and no longer an unpredictable team. It's going to be a tough game, but again, that that feeling that we have a series coming up, going to go into the series with the win. India is always a big team for Bangladesh. There is a level of confidence, as I said, it, it just shows in the body language that since beating Australia and, and New Zealand, look, they looked in the, into the players' eyes, right, when they beat them. Doesn't matter which team came; they were wearing the jersey, right? Absolutely. And Bangladesh never, Bangladesh never asked anyone for a favor. Never said, "Send us a weak team; we, we want to win." It, it was never like that. They went out of their way to host these two teams. A lot of things had to be uh, negotiated. You have heard what happened with Australia City was very cruel on Mustafa him actually on the team not to have him. Bangladesh did go through a lot. Very expensive tours to host as well. Very expensive tours to host. Like, yeah, you know. Oh, but DCV has a lot of money. So. And they're doing well, aren't they? <laughs> they're not concerned about the bank balance. Yeah. So I, I just I just feel that um, uh, come the World Cup, it's they might surprise everyone. I mean, honestly, as, as you said, people don't really follow Bangladesh around the world, apart from Bangladeshis. They might surprise a few. Yeah, for me, I, th- I think that's that's the thing. I, I always say it's not position. It's always PR for me that that becomes the most important thing in these tournaments. People don't follow Bangladesh. And so what I need to come out for the, the, the tournaments for Bangladesh to do well enough for other nations to go, let's host this country, let's tour this country, let's buy their players for our, our franchise T20 tournaments. What is um, the kind of expectation in Bangladesh at the moment? Because I feel like it's it feels calm at the moment, but as always with what happens as soon as this tournament starts or we get the first win, it really escalates very quickly. I mean, what's the kind of reasonable, what's, what's the expectation like, I guess, I guess like on the ground in Bangladesh at the moment? Yeah, hopeful, because I'm, I'm already hearing a lot of people trying to host watch parties, you know, at homes, because it's a great time, 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock uh, matches, or I think there's a 6 o'clock or 4 o'clock match as well. People are very excited. World T20, World Cup, these are big things in Bangladesh, as you know. And you should, you should, you know, one of these days you should just come to Bangladesh and experience watching either the football world cup or the cricket world cup. Both are amazing. Both are on my bucket list. I mean, Bangladesh is off the red list at the moment, and I, I've already promised my dad I'm going to take him in the next year and a half. So, well, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you know, football world cup is is very different. I, you know, I think you've seen the photos. Like the whole city is covered with flags of Argentina, Brazil. <laughs> yeah. And all these teams. yeah, it's very weird, but it, we we love doing it since the nineties. We've been doing it, and in cricket world cup. You know, people get a bit more patriotic, I think. I think people actually wear the jersey nowadays. These are very, you know, it's available. It's nice to wear. You know, I'll, I'll buy it for a few people and, you know, I'll see a lot of people wearing it on the street. The cap becomes very important. The flags are out. So I think it's a, it's a good thing. Obviously, people are also very skeptical about these slippery teams like Oman and, you know, PNG and all these things. But I, 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 I think these two series have actually brought in a bit of uh, understanding that Bangladesh can actually beat teams. You know, they could have lost the series. <laughs> Never know, because they're not good at people. But I think they've successful. I, th- I think here I should add that uh, Mahmudullah has really, um, his T20 understanding into the team. And he's probably the first captain. He's a phenomenal captain, isn't he? I think for a long time, and I think it was actually one of your articles that described him as being one of Bangladesh's most underrated players. And and I'm so glad that he's getting his moment because he is a phenomenal captain. Actually, the leadership we saw in those two series against Australia and New Zealand were phenomenal. And so I really hope the world stage gets to sort of see him do his thing, I think. Um, let's let's talk predictions then. How are Bangladesh going to fare? Um, 
they'll go through the first round for sure. Uh, they'll, they'll do it well uh, in, with flying colors. In the second round, I my point here is that if you have worked so hard and if you have trained so hard, if you have done so much, you should, first of all, you deserve to beat certain teams, but also you should create your own luck. I think they have done that. They should beat, but they should create some ruffle. And I don't know. I, I don't know whether they'll make it to the semi-final because that is a tough one as well. I was just joking about wrestling in England, Bangladesh, or any team would like to avoid India and Pakistan as well. Please, but I think realistically, if they end up beating one of these big teams, they repeat something against uh, New Zealand. It's not going to be too much of a surprise. But at the same time, given Bangladesh's record, as you mentioned at the start of the of our interview, that yeah, they've been really bad at this. And as you said, this is a good chance for Bangladeshi creators to show that well, take us. We are good at T20. Absolutely. It's this has been a wonderful, wonderful chat. And thank you so much for coming on to preview Bangladesh's World T20 campaign. I think I'm looking forward to there being a major cricket tournament. You know, for a while, the last thing I saw was the 2019 Cricket World Cup. And then on, until the 100, I didn't go to a single live match because of COVID. So for there to now be a, a big international ICC World Cup feels like we are, are returning to normality so it'll be very interesting to see how bangladesh uh affair thank you so much for your time today really appreciate you coming on the podcast again thanks for inviting me roshan and i hope uh, you know you enjoy the world cup we'll all do a thing and thank you for listening to the bangla cricket podcast i will see you for the next one very soon